Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I fear that this is becoming a common occurrence, Chris, because (laughs) more often than not, when I get home from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex, whether it's covering the Steelers or covering the University of Pittsburgh, I always have to bring these out. Yeah. You know, just let me, if you'll let me indulge for a second as we get get set to start the show here. Just a couple quick ones. Yeah. I think many of you that are listening in, are sharing the same sentiment that I am after listening to Mike Tomlin today. A good Tuesday afternoon, everybody. This is the Southside Beat. As always, from Monday through Friday, 3 to 3.30 Eastern, right here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Christen. Fear not, folks. Fear not, Chris. Change is coming. That's right. Mike Tomlin did not lie after Sunday's game, or so we think for now. They are going to make some changes. What is that big change going to be? That's right. You guessed it. The betting odds on favorite is coming to fruition. The Steelers will put pads on in practice this week in pads. Yeah. Um, So I've got one take. From the press conference today, obviously I wasn't there, but I listened in from afar. Joey Joe vlogs pretty much sums it up pretty well. Tomlin threw his players under the bus. Um, listen, I'm not disputing the fact that the Steelers were not physical in the game against the Texans. Um, they weren't. They were. They got shoved around by a bunch of guys who were probably better off bagging groceries than they are playing in the National Football League. And somebody at some point should have had some sort of ivory Christian speech on the sideline or in the locker room and been like, listen, we got to stop getting pushed around. Even Montrevious Adams told me after the game that sometimes the players are thinking too much about assignments and not enough about, and I quote, whipping people's asses. So... I'm not de- I'm not debating that, but when Tomlin comes out and pretty much says that that's the sole reason or the main reason why Sunday looked what it looked like, that is just every single one of those players ought to probably have tire tracks on, on their backs right now because that was really, really not cool, honestly. Um, Teresa has a great su- suggestion. Yeah. Switch it from Gatorade to Powerade, although I do believe Gatorade is a sponsor. 
of the NFL. So that would have to go through many clearances. Um, listen, in two of these four games this season, the Steelers have gotten their asses kicked. They've gotten their asses handed to them. 30-6, to 30-7. Is that coincidence? No, because, of course, the 49ers and the Texans, which that coaching staff came from the 49ers. I said it yesterday. I say it again. This is closer to an 0-4 team than a 4-0 team, even though they are 2-2. Two two. Yeah. If Nick Chubb's knee doesn't blow up and Josh McDaniels knows basic math, this is an 0-4 football team. Period. One and three, probably, because even then that basic math gets the game tied and it's overtime. It could go either way at that point. Fine. I'll give you either that. way. It's still a bad football team. Fine. I'll give you bad that. Bad okay. football team. The Steelers lining up in pads and running gassers on the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex is not going to fix this. Listen, I put this in our feed on DKPittsburghSports.com. And of course, everything from Mike Tomlin's press conference can be found there for you to to read. And there's a story on the on the top of the website right now of what Mike Tomlin had to say today as an explanation for the absolute, I can't curse and use the word I want to, performance <laughs> on Sunday. But I'm sorry, padded practices and talking about physicality and pad level. Mike Tomlin used the phrase pad level today in his press conference. Do you know who talks about pad level and physicality, Chris? High school coaches. I know this because I know high school coaches that teach pad level and physicality and effort and playing hard. High school coaches talk about that kind of thing. This is the National Freaking Football League. We can't be talking about pad level. And if if these players need to be taught pad level, they shouldn't be playing in the National Football League. That's the bottom line. So listen, if Mike Tomlin truly believes one of two things is true here, okay? Number one, Mike Tomlin was given lip service and he doesn't have answers, which I would believe that. Number two, Mike Tomlin truly believes that they, they can't be out, they can't be physical, you know, physically capable. They were not physically capable and they have to up their physicality. And that's why they got blown out in Houston. And if Mike Tomlin truly, in his heart, believes that as the sole reason and as the focal point reason, for the Steelers' two failures this season and the games they have lost, that is a problem to me. That is archaic thinking. That is dated thinking. That is saying that we are not going to conform to this NFL in a society of the NFL where you have to conform to in order to have success. Yeah. it's uh, You don't necessarily have to have an offensive-minded coach in order to win, but you have to be able to be more than adequate on that side of the ball. You can't be... Counterpoint. Counterpoint, all four head coaches in the AFC and NFC championship games last year were offensive coaches. Yeah, I'm not Proceed. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying that you that yes, that is where the NFL is more trending, but you know, you still have coaches that can have sustained success in this league and being a defensive minded coach. I'm not saying that and believe me, I'm not taking anything away because I do I, I'm still still a firm believer that defense wins championships, that you have to be able to at any moment be able to just say enough is enough and stop the other team from from gaining a yard. <clears throat> I do know, however, it has never probably never been more difficult to play defense in the NFL. And so because of that, you have to then change your thinking even a little bit so that you're trying to also compete and 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 be in the same category in the same league even as other teams that know how to score points. Everybody does it different ways. Everybody. I mean, it doesn't, you don't have to have Patrick Mahomes in order to be successful. You can do it through running the football. The Ravens do it. The Ravens find ways to move the ball up and down the field and score. They, they put 28 points on the, on the Browns. Like it was sure. nothing. 
that's fine, Chris. And that's fine. I understand that. But here's another problem I have. The Steelers have gotten outscored double in the first quarter of football games this season. Yeah. You can't execute a game plan when you're a run first football team, when you are lo- when you're giving up double the amount of points that you're scoring in the first quarter. When you're yeah. going down 10 points, 7 points, however many points it is in the first quarter and extending into the second quarter, that game plan goes out the window. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not built to come back on teams. They're not built yeah. to come from behind. Um, that's this actually Steelers a team, Matt Canada admission right there too. It and is. That's a problem. This, this Steelers team is built to run the football, milk clock, score few, and let the defense carry it. That's what this football team is. And quite frankly, Chris, it's starting to become an ass-backwards philosophy. It just is. In, yeah. in today's NFL, where everybody's building for offense, everybody's building to score a lot of points, everybody's building to literally getting the shootouts and win shootouts with other teams. The Steelers aren't doing that. They're zagging when everybody is zigging. And right now, zigging in this NFL is what's working. This is, again, dated thinking that is coming up to creep on Mike Tomlin and the rest of the Steelers. You saw it as evidenced on Sunday. Sunday is a case and point example of that. Rookie quarterback, fresh new offensive coordinator, first-year head coach, rookie wide receiver, patchwork offensive line and they killed the Steelers on oh, defensive minded coach by the way and they killed the Steelers yeah. on Sunday yeah so listen I I back Mike Tomlin more than anybody I think I I am a huge Tomlin ap- apologist I just am I always have been I think he's a future hall of famer I think he's first ballot I think he's all of that what also can be true is is that this was the most alarming thing I've heard from Mike Tomlin in a very very long time if ever yeah, that today, today was pretty, whenever I heard, because I was almost expecting like, okay, you know, whenever, whenever that happens and, and and he comes out and he says, oh yeah, we weren't physical enough, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I also expected him to say, we also have to coach better. We have to do this. And that really didn't even come up until he was directly asked about it. And then he kind of got into it. And that's whenever I'm kind of like, all right, this is a, this is a problem here. Like, like. You, you, you can't, there's blame to go when, when, when you get beaten that badly by two different teams, there's blame to go all around, both on the field, off the field. It's the coaches, it's the players, it's everything, it's everybody. And so when that's the problem or when that's the, like the main problem that, that there's, there's blame to go all around stuff, some stuff has got to be fixed. And I don't know, again, Nothing's going to happen in the middle of the season. No. If somebody said, you know, I no. mean, what what would the contingency plan be? There, there is no contingency plan. I it's mean, when my, you're, it's, it's yeah, Mike when, Sullivan or Glenn, Glenn Thomas, and they're yeah. going to run the same offense. Yeah, I mean, it's just the only thing that's going to be different is maybe some differences in play calling, play sequencing, th- things like that, and maybe some plays get scrapped completely. But you're not going to see anything drastic change this season. They made this bed whenever they kept on Matt Canada for his final final year of his contract, and and, and listen, we we're, we're talking about the offense, and yeah, the offense is awful, but there are some serious questions on the defense too. Absolutely, because and and this is kind of where I kind of go on coaching at the same time because listen, if you're talking about we need to go to the to you know take advantage of the padded practice that we're allowed to have. Like, why wasn't that happening before? I mean, I understand you're trying to keep your players healthy. I get it. You mm-hmm. know, you're, you've been a banged up football team, but man, I, I mean, if, if you don't take advantage of that and then your team goes out there and gets absolutely pushed around by a team that shouldn't be pushing them around, 
if there's ever a time to 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 say Mike Tomlin didn't have his players ready, that's probably a time to do it. This in week one, and week yeah. one, and you can argue week two. If Nick Chubb, if Nick Chubb's knee doesn't blow up, they lose that football game. I believe that yeah. it took two defensive touchdowns, two amazing heroic plays, one from Alex Highsmith, one from T.J. Watt for the Steelers to win that game. Yeah. This is at minimum a one in three team if that happens. And if Josh McDaniels knows basic math, it's, it could be an 0 4 team. I start a few comments that we're going through it, and the chat is absolutely fire yeah, today. You, it's guys great. Are, you guys are awesome. Um, <laughs> little bit of coin says, Did you see his pathetic excuse for his reasoning to call that fourth and one, aka yeah. the play that Kenny Pickett got hurt on, aka the pass play when Najee Harris was running his best all season, the pass play that was dialed up that got Kenny Pickett hurt? Yes, Mike Tomlin's reasoning, a little bit of coin says excuse, I will say reasoning, was that Dan Moore and Pat Fryermuth weren't available. That's why they threw it. Come on. Come on. We're, that's what we're doing? That's that, what we're saying? That's the very definition of living in your fears, by the way. Absolutely. The very definite. We don't have the personnel to do it, to do the play that we want to do. And And by all means, like, okay, if you go out there and you still run out a big set, who says you can't run play action? You, there are there are there are a few different things that you can do. Almost anything else, personnel, like regardless of personnel, almost anything else you could have done except for that play call. If you're gonna, I mean, we had a whole Super Bowl that said if you oh, have a star yeah. running back, give it to him with one yard to get. Didn't yeah. we have a whole Super Bowl that told us that? Yeah. Seahawks versus Broncos, give Marshawn Lynch the ball at the goal line. Didn't we have a whole Super Bowl that said that? I, I nothing nothing irks me more in today's NFL than when a coordinator or a coach overthinks thinks something. You have a fourth and one situation. Najee Harris is running the ball amazingly. Give him the football. It's that simple. Like there are some things that are so simple that it just becomes, it, it, they overthink it. Swan yeah. chimes in with a $5 contribution. Thank you, Swan. Thanks buddy. He says Steelers news is important in bad times and good times. Thanks guys. That's why we're here. We're trying to remain down here with respect to emotion because, and I've, I've said this on the site too. I feel like I'm repeating myself when I talk about the Steelers and Pitt when it comes to these, whatever it is, nine football games I've seen at this point. Um, okay. Now we can look towards the Ravens all we want, but I think you and I are both going to agree that I don't think it's going to be too pretty on Sunday. Now, if physicality is the thing that Mike Tomlin wants to preach and physicality is the thing that the Steelers are going to key in on this week, I understand that from a standpoint of preparing for the Baltimore Ravens. The, the cliche AFC North ball, um, you know, Steelers versus Ravens, that whole like three yards in a cloud of dust thing, maybe that applies this week. Maybe there's some to that this week because the Ravens are going to run the ball. We all know they're going to run the ball. We all know the Steelers are going to try to stop the run, even though they really can't right now. They have the 29th-ranked offense and the 29th-ranked defense, do the Steelers do. So this is not the week to get right at all. And now with the Ravens, they can get a little separation of the AFC AFC North. You can't tell me they're not champing at the bit to get here on Sunday. Yeah. I will say, though, and and maybe this is the eternal optimist in me, but if there's ever a game that's going to help the Steelers snap back into focus, it's it's the Ravens. I mean, to be completely honest, because if there's any team that Mike Tomlin gets his guys ready for, no matter what, it's the Ravens. Um, and I think that's one of the main reasons why the games are usually so close. 
um, because there's just something about this rivalry. Uh, it's it's a, it's a special one, and uh, everybody who walks into that locker room understands understands what this game is. And mm-hmm. um, so, and yeah, uh, William did say Kenny hurt himself. He did. He spun into into a guy when he didn't have to. Left a clean pocket when he didn't have to. Um, he also shouldn't have been put in that situation. Uh, I mean, again, you know, Kenny hurt himself for sure, but again, yep. shouldn't have been in that situation. Anymore. Okay. I love this topic from Justin and we're going to talk about Kenny Pickett shortly. Uh, how will the conversation change if the Steelers get blown out by Baltimore? Here's the thing, Chris, by this point, I don't know if it does. I don't know what canned answer Mike Tomlin can give us that would say, you know, if he says definitively on Sunday after they get blown out by the Texans, we're going to make changes, right? Paraphrasing. We're going to make changes. He didn't say changes are happening. He's saying there is a, there is a f- affirmative action that needs to take place, but he is acknowledging that things need to change. That's all he did on Sunday. Today, he said the change, the acknowledgement that turns into the action. The action is going to be that they're going to try to be more physical. Okay. If that's what he wants to say, then fine. But as Justin says, if they get blown out by Baltimore and they do all of this stuff to fine tune the physicality, as Tomlin said, it lacked on Sunday against the Texans and then Baltimore still out physicals them. Then what the hell do they do? Yeah, I mean, it's it's legitimate because, like I said, if there's any game that's going to help the Steelers snap back into focus, it's, a, it's this one. And if they can't even do that, if they can't get up for this game, especially knowing that it's going into a bye, you need to go into a bye on a good note get some guys healed up, try to, you know, use the bye week to, to refocus, to, to, to make, that's when you can make some more tangible changes that, I mean, we saw it last year. That's they used the bye week last year to, to make some serious changes and they came out and they were different in the second half of the season. But if you go into the bye week after getting absolutely drilled by your division rival, and now you're under 500, it's, it's a, it's a different story. Um, so if they can't get up for this game and if they end up do, do getting manhandled and blown out, it, yeah, I okay. mean, but, but I mean, but, l- listen, listen, at this point, if, if the, if the, if there's ever going to be anything that's going to help change here, like if there's really going to be anything that really helps there be change with the Steelers organization, it's going to be a season like this one, mm-hmm. but for all 17 games. Mm-hmm. Like where not only do they finish with losing season, but they just are terrible across the board. Swan fear not. I will be back in low res uh, tomorrow and Thursday. Fear not. Um, okay. We have to talk about Kenny Pickett because the starting quarterback was addressed by Mike Tomlin and it's a positive sign at minimum. We can talk about something positive here today. You know, Mike Tomlin said that um, Kenny Pickett is going to practice tomorrow in a limited capacity and essentially going to test out that knee. It's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a minor knee injury, a very minor knee injury, no real concern for anything long-term, which is the good sign. Now he did confirm also that if it's not Kenny Pickett on Sunday, it will be Mitch Trubisky. So yeah. there's another thing that we're going to monitor this week is basically the reps. You know, this is almost, almost like a training camp 2022 situation where you're monitoring Who's taking the reps? Is Kenny getting more reps than Mitch, or is Mitch getting more reps than Kenny? Or are they splitting reps? Whatever it is, this is at least for Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Now, 
they're going to meet. Mike Tomlin said that he and the, and the offensive staff are going to meet essentially to say, hey, what's the plan for Kenny? What are we going to give him? How much is he going to go? And then from there, they figure out what they're doing with Mitch because it will be Mitch Trubisky as the backup quarterback. So positive news, not as serious as it could have been when it comes to that knee injury. Yep. But as of right now, it's still to be determined if he's going to play on Sunday. And now they're going to go forward without Dan Moore at left tackle. Mike Tomlin said he's expected to be out this week, which would give way to Broderick Jones. And they're not likely going to have uh, Pat Fryermuth. They're you know basically saying that he's going to be doubtful by the end of the week. So right now the Steelers have more than just problems with scheme on offense. Now it's a personnel thing, especially no Deontay Johnson still. James Daniels is recovering from an injury. Now Kenny Pickett's down, Pat Fryermuth, Dan Moore. It's it's a lot right now for this offense on the injury front as well, and it starts with Kenny Pickett. Yeah, uh, Mark um, says Tomlin is an educated liar. He knows how to prepare for media shoots. He's dodgy. Um, <clears throat> the only thing I'll really say to that is Mike Tomlin does not believe that uh, a press conference setting is the place to be talking about stuff that goes on behind behind the walls of the of the South Side. And honestly, to be fair, I, I think he's right. It's not really anybody's business what really goes on behind those walls, mm-hmm. especially whenever it comes to conversations that are that are had. Um, I have been told co- conversations that have happened uh, um, behind the walls. Every single one of those I've been told, I've been told off the record, which means I can't, can't talk about it. it. I can't, can't repeat, repeat it. it. No. I've been told them. I know them, but I can't repeat them. Yep. And so, yeah, there's a reason why he doesn't, he doesn't share that kind of stuff. <laughs> there's there's a reason. Okay. Trevor asked, what are your thoughts on Broderick's performances? Of course, uh, Broderick Jones, after he came in for an in- injured Dan Moore Jr. Um, on Sunday, I thought Broderick started off really shaky and then started to get his footing underneath him as the game progressed. Uh, that first play, he got kind of blown up on. I know there was a play that he had to literally pick Penny, Kenny Pickett off the ground. Um, but I think Broderick developed as the game went along. And Mike Tomlin said as much today, too. You know, Broderick wasn't going to have it all figured out from snap one, but I think he learned as he went along. And I think he'll be okay as long as he is preparing as the starting left tackle this week. And, you know, he'll, be, he'll know he'll be in there and everything. It's a little bit different when you prepare as a starter versus preparing as a backup. Mm-hmm. So I think Broderick will be okay on um, on Sunday, but going against that Ravens pass rush, not easy. Yeah. A uh, little bit of coin says our run game didn't get going until Jones came in. I mean, it really didn't get going until the second half and Jones was in in the first half. Um, yeah. They, they definitely came out with a, with a, a surefire intention of we're going to run the football. We're going to establish something. Um, <clears throat> and that was probably to the point of, listen, we're not being physical enough. And so they're like, screw this. We're going to be, we're going to push these guys over. We're going to, we're going to run the football. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did. And you could tell by the way Najee was running. Cause even the way Najee ran in the first half, first half compared to the second half was different. Mm-hmm. Uh, Najee ran <clears throat> like he had his hair on fire in the second half. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. No, and, and, and honestly, like to kind of go back to the whole point of being like, you know, the, the, the type of offense that this team is, you know, they do need to run the football no matter what. They, they have to be able to run the football. It, right. No, really, any – I mean, you, you even talk about, like, what, what the Chiefs do. You know, Pat Mahomes, that that butt-whooping they put on, on the Bears, you know, in front of Taylor Swift and all them. <laughs> you know, like, Pat Mahomes credited, you know, we got the running game going. That opened everything else. 
It, it does. It opens up everything else. So you you do have to be able to establish the run. The problem is, is that with the offensive coordinator, you know, telegraphs all of his plays and they can't find any success in the running game because pretty much teams know when exactly when they're running and when they're not. I'm going to bring up this point from Mark a little bit earlier. He says Tomlin is too thick headed about starting rookies. Now, I think there's some merit to this. Um, and I think it was reverberated even louder last night when Devin Witherspoon returned that pick six um, for Seattle in Monday Night yeah. Football. Mm-hmm. Because you look at the starting cornerbacks, aside from a couple of Levi Wallace picks against the Raiders, nobody's really played well in the secondary. Like Minka is, stat- is, is padding stats, but that's because he has to make every tackle because all of these running backs are getting to the third level. Well, and that's uh, so that's the problem is that Minka led the team in tackles on Sunday, and that's that's when you know things are going really, really wrong on defense. Right. If Minka Fitzpatrick's your leading tackler, that's a problem. Okay, so Broderick Jones drafted 14th overall. They trade up for the guy, doesn't yeah. start, is only starting because of an injury. Joey Porter Jr. drafted 32nd, has incremental snaps going up the first three weeks, and then plays 10 in week four. Yeah. Meanwhile, Pat P. and Levi Wallace – Return to form. Okay, we'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, Darnell Washington is only used in specific blocking situations. The the bright spot among the rookies is Keanu Benton, who is playing really well. You got to give credit where it's due on Keanu Benton. Keanu Benton's playing really well. From there, you know, Nick Herbig, who had who for my money was the defensive MVP of the preseason. I think he only played four snaps against the Texans. Like, then you can then you start looking at you know the the fifth, sixth, seventh. Of course, they're not going to be just playing these big roles. So the the blue chips, so to speak, of the Steelers' rookie class that, you know, Broderick Jones, really good tackle coming out of the draft. Joey Porter Jr., of course, physically gifted, plays really good press coverage. Darnell Washington, freak build of an athlete. Keanu Benton, really fast. Nick Herbig, defensive MVP of the preseason. Really, only Benton is making an impact right now. That's a problem to me as well. Yeah. Is that these rookies are really under, not, I can't even say they're underperforming or underachieving because most of them are not getting a chance to oh, play no. at Keanu all. Keanu Benton's absolutely looks great. If anything, he should be leading. While Cam Hayward is out, based off of performance, Keanu Benton needs to be leading the team in snaps on, for all of the interior defenders up front. Absolutely. There, there, there's no question about that. Um, Absolutely. There's one up here. Uh, Pablo Hunter says, yes, Harris is running hard, but do you think he could run consistently that way without the off- uh, office uh, offensive line blocking better? Uh, he will be worn down. Uh, well, no running back is going to be able to run successfully if the offensive line doesn't block better. Uh, but if the offensive line does its job, then, yeah, Najee can run that way as much as he wants because you also have Jalen Warren to, to spell him whenever you, Najee needs a break so you don't mm-hmm. overwork him. The uh, bottom line is the offensive line needs to block better if they want to run the football. Well, period. let's go to Kane's question based off of that. Is it safe to say the O-line group that finished the game is the best group moving forward? I think you have to put James Daniels in there at some point. James Daniels, in my opinion, has been the most consistently best offensive lineman throughout the start of the season, which isn't saying much, I know. No. But I think James <laughs> Daniels needs to be in there. Now, Broderick Jones, Isaac Sayamalo, maybe Nate Herbig at center, maybe James Daniels at center, Mason Cole at center. I don't I think know. Daniels would be the better option at center. And then Herbig at right guard or whoever it is at right guard. And then Chooks, right. I, I, I don't know what the best offensive line combination for the Steelers is right now. You know, especially with Dan Moore being hurt, that takes out an option at right tackle because – 
you know, Dan Moore was testing out as a right tackle in Latrobe and, mm-hmm. you know, is basically being billed as the swing tackle. If Broderick has to go in, Dan Moore would play the right. So I'm not confident in any of these rotations right now for this offensive line. You got a good credit where it's due to Sam Olive. He played really well on uh, on Sunday. Well, on pass protection for sure. Yeah. Um, he didn't give up any, any pressures. Um, so this one, um, Mark, Mark brings up a good one. What, what the heck happened to Mason Cole? Uh, I, I don't know because like he's, he's just, he's been, you know, arguably the weakest link so far. And it's just been, I don't know. Uh, he had really every don't. reason to take a step up too. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought entering the season, he could have really taken a leap and become a top 10 center in the NFL. He was yeah. good last year. He was, I believe for like in the top 14 on PFF, if you're into that kind of thing. Like, I think he had a, a good season last year, and I think he had room to take a step up. But, man, he has just declined. He's getting absolutely worked underneath, and it's yeah. it's a technique thing. Like, we talked about it with this offensive line, and it being a technique thing. There are some running plays where the, the guards are taking steps backwards instead of forwards, and, you know, some pass plays where they're taking steps forwards instead of backwards. It's yeah. a backwards thing that's going on right now. Um, um, Evan asks, why are they not using Brain Fahoko? Um, it's actually pretty simple. The Steelers run, uh, don't run in their base defense, um, the majority of the time. It's usually their nickel, uh, in which they always have two down linemen, and Brain Fahoko is a nose tackle and pretty much only a nose tackle. So, uh, not saying that they can't use him when they're in their base defense, then maybe they could. Maybe he's a better option than Armin Watts, uh, or even like move <laughs> Keanu Benton over to like a three tech, um, and then you know. Fahoko plays nose tackle, but that'd probably be one of the main reasons why. Uh, Robert says we need Bo Nix, of course, <laughs> the Oregon quarterback. They're not going to, they can't tank enough like the Bears are to get uh, Caleb oh, no. Williams and Marvin Harrison. Steelers are already two and two. Like that, they're, <laughs> no. can't tank now. No, can't go back now. No. Chris, we have about four minutes or so, three minutes or so, two minutes or so, however, a few minutes on the South Side beat before DK and Ramon at four o'clock on the Roan Foster show. Any final thoughts before we get out of here today? Oh man, I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of I'm already exhausted. Like I'm exhausted. It's it's uh, it's October, man. Um, still got all of the rest of this month, November, December, and beginning of January. Um, and the way this team is playing, it's not going to go any further than that. So, um, it's just it's really it's really disheartening. Um, you know, you see. You know, you see this this team. You know, you see everything that happened in the off season. You know there's a lot of expectation. And then I, I, I never foresaw this coming. I really, I really, I just, I never saw this coming. Like, did, like, did I think that Matt Canada was going to lay another egg and the offense was going to be worse, you know, that then, than what people might think it would be because of the additions and everything. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. always a possibility, but for this team to be manhandled the way they've been manhandled on the def- defensive side of the ball is that's a problem. That's a serious, serious mm-hmm. problem because no matter what happened with the offense, the Steelers are going to have a good defense, and they just don't have a good defense right now. Oh. Uh, Mark, I'll, I'll let my final thought go to Mark. Uh, Shadur Sanders, anybody? <laughs> uh, the Steelers did send a scout to USC Colorado a couple weeks ago. Who knows who they were watching? That information is never revealed. <laughs> but Shadur Sanders obviously was on the field uh, for the Buffaloes there. Um, that's going to do it for us on a Tomlin Tuesday. Here on the South Side Beat, Chris and I will return on Wednesday. I will be in very low quality coming right out of the locker room at 3 p.m. Low quality, Corey. Low quality, Corey makes a return. Let's hope the internet is cooperating with us. 
At least enough so we can get a show in. (laughs) Correct, correct, yes. Otherwise, I'm flying solo, which means you guys are going to be my co-host. Which is fine. Hey, there are co-hosts anyway. Oh, this I is know. not our. This is not our show. This is our, this is our show as a collective. We're in this oh, together. Yeah. Correct. Um, yeah. Right. All right. Let's sign off. That was a really unprofessional way to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. We're signing off. He's Chris. I'm Corey. This has been the Southside Beat. Thanks for hanging with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>